John was an Englishman, son of strict Calvinists, an Anglican father, a Presbyterian mother. After childhood moved to Ireland in the 1750s, he returned to England and joined the Methodist congregation of George Whitfield. Later he came under the influence of James Rowley, had a conversion experience and became his most devoted disciple. According to the universalist logic of the time, if all had sinned in Adam, then all were saved in Christ. That was the reasoning that was the theme of Rowley's book, Union or a treatise on consequentity and affinity between Christ and the Church, which was published in 1759. Murray says that Relly was drawing the wrath of his former Orthodox colleagues as a mind black with crimes, an atrocious offender, both in principle and practice. But Murray was taken by Relly's thought, and in this passage, even by Relly's environment, writing that there was no vestige of grandeur, either within or without. There were no seats, save a few benches. And the pulpit was framed with a few rough boards over which no plane had ever passed. And the audience sort of corresponded with the house. They did not appear to be very religious. They were not melancholy. And therefore, I suspected they didn't have much piety. But I attended to everything. The hymn was good, the prayer excellent, and I was astonished to witness in so bad a man so much apparent devotion. Yeah, Murray was impressed. He went on to become the founder of the Universalist denomination here in America and an early itinerant preacher. He did most of his preaching extemporaneously. So many of the documents that we have about his life and provide his thoughts were collected by and published after his death by his almost equally famous wife, Judith Sargent Murray, who also published poetry and essays and a couple of plays all in the 18th century here in what would be the United States. Now today we're looking at some history. We're looking at a foundational event in our universalist history through a story. Your lead minister, Reverend David Carl Olson, is preaching at the River Road Congregation in Bethesda today as part of a pulpit swap, a tradition that dates from before the time of glory and in New England. You might remember the River Road's minister, 
through the year last spring. But let's go back to the story. A little more background. When Murray was about 19, he began to think that he wasn't doomed to spend an eternity in hell as his Calvinist background had taught and as he had feared. He decided that he must be one of the special persons who was chosen by God to be saved. He felt that God loved him more than the people that he passed on the street as he moved around in London. One day, he met a young woman in church. He fell in love with Eliza. And they married, in spite of her grandfather's disapproval and being cut off from her family's inheritance. Joseph and Eliza were very happy. And they were curious. Now I'm coming up again here. Um, they were curious to find out about a small group of people known as Universalists. They felt Universalists that every person would go on to heaven because God was so good. After some time, John and Eliza chose universalism. But it meant they lost their friend. But they didn't care. Because universalism gave them hope in place of judgment. It helped them to have empathy for all those that they met and to care deeply for those who were less fortunate. They had a son, but both the little boy and Eliza died shortly thereafter, even though John spent all his money and borrowed some more just to get treatment for them. He ended up in debtor's prison. He got pretty depressed. His friends urged him to preach universalism, but John replied, No, I'm never preaching again. I'll cross the ocean to America and lose myself in the wilderness. So he packed his Bible under a few clothes, Eliza's letters, and sailed to America on the ship hand in hand which was carrying silk and woolen cloth to the colonies. In the last week of September in 1770, the hand-in-hand missed New York Harbor and went aground off the coast of New Jersey. The captain asked Marty to go ashore to find some fresh food for the crew. When he got ashore, he found some log cabins in the pine woods, and in a clearing, a trim-looking little church made of sod timber. He didn't expect to find a church on a farm in the wilderness. So now, 
we take you to the Noka Harbor in Jersey. It's September 28, 1770. And you are there. Welcome, my name is Thomas Potter. And I am John Murray from the ship Hand in Hand. Yes, I saw your ship in the bay, stuck on the sandbox years. May I buy your fish and take it back to the ship's crew? You can have them for the ticket anywhere you get And please come back to spend the night with my wife and me. I'll tell you about this little church and why it's here. Mari gladly carried the fish to the sailors. And he returned to Potter's house for the night. Come, my friends, sit in front of the fire. Fish children fall deeply. I'm so glad you have come. You may be the very person I've been waiting for so many years. Waiting for? What can you be talking about? You see, I grew up in fear of these woods. I never had a chance to learn how to read or write. But I've always liked hearing the Bible away. I've always thought, I've thought a lot about religion. I've got my own ideas from what I've picked up. Trouble is, they are, they're different from the ideas of the preachers who travel through these parts. I built this little church myself on my farm for all the traveling preachers to, to use. I ask them questions and talk to them, but they don't know what to make of me or any of my ideas. I keep looking for a preacher of a very different spirit. I want a preacher who can teach about a loving God who saves people, not just the chosen few. My neighbors are starting to say, Potter, where is your preacher? Where is he, Potter? And I keep saying, he'll come by and by. Today, when I saw the ship in the bed, a voice inside me seemed to say, There, Potter, that ship may be the preacher you have been waiting for so long and expecting. I am not a preacher. But you can't say never. Wait, But can you say that you have never preached? I have preached, and I believe, as you do, in the loving God. 
I knew it. I knew it. You're a preacher. I've been waiting for so long. You've got to preach in my church on Sunday. No, I never intended to preach yet. Tomorrow is Saturday. As soon as the wind changes, I'll be on board. Well, if the wind does not change, will you preach for us then? <laughs> but they talked and talked far into the night. <laughs> and when John tried to sleep, all he could think of was... I won't preach. I just want to get away from everything. But Thomas Potter, he has so he has such faith in me. And he's so kind. If I preach universalism, I know there will be trouble. Folks in America mostly have Calvinist views, just as in England. Many people will welcome my ideas, but there's people who will hate me for being a universalist. And I'll try to turn others against me. Why start trouble for myself in a new country? I just want peace. That's all. Just peace. Oh, I wish I knew what to do. Well, Saturday dawned, and John still did, know, did not know what to do. The wind had not changed. The ship could not leave. By the afternoon, the wind had still not very well. I will preach tomorrow. I'm going to spread the word to all the neighbors. They expect a sermon such as they never heard before. As the story goes, that's how it happened on September 30th, 1770, that Thomas Potter's dream came true. At last, he would hear a preacher talked about love rather than punishment. And now as we return to Sunday morning in Baltimore in 2016, let us thank Jasmina and Teddy for being our players. died in 1815. 
couple of years before this congregation was founded. So what do we learn from the story of John Murray and how we might relate it to Unitarian Universalism 200 years after his death? Murray came from other religious traditions. He had a religious journey that was perhaps similar to that which some of you in our pews have understand, understood. A strict upbringing, rebellion, testing, the following of several paths before finding that way into a heaven on earth. Murray had described the heaven on earth sensation just before his life started to disintegrate with sickness and death and death and depression and despair. Murray started in the Calvinist tradition, the Calvinist upbringing. Only a chosen few would be saved. Most people would be damned to hell. Early Methodism at the time of John Wesley and George Whitfield uh, think scripture and tradition and reason and experience all in a balance. In the Reliite period, a time to try on new beliefs and apply reason and experience to scripture. And a time to conclude that if God's so good and loving, all people must eventually be saved. Murray came to America with a complex religious identity. He was a Trinitarian Christian Universalist. He couldn't be a member of an established clergy group or even the more liberal Universalists like Hosea Ballou. He was closer theologically to the Baptists and Quakers and a number of the other dissenting sects time. But he showed a diversity that's been identified with the liberal church in the United States for at least these 200 years. When we look at our universalist roots, we see that if God is good and God is love, all are saved. For me, that translates directly into what we now call our first and seventh principles the inherent worth and dignity of every person, and the interconnected web of all existence of which we are a part. These two principles are the supporting pillars for the ethical statements which make up all of our principles. They incorporate the Judeo-Christian tradition through human's creation in the image of God, and the importance of all God's creation, and also, because of that, in an earth-based tradition source. These pillar principles move us from feeling to action. They are the basis for much of our church's programs. Standing on the side of love, Black Lives Matters, the Unitarian Universalist Service Universalist love 
just a part of what we feel and what we do. Let it continue 